Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. So today we are going to discuss, I guess, the benefits and drawbacks of prepping, dieting, um, on a meal plan versus macro macro plans. This is coming from someone that's done both himself and has plenty of clients that have done both as well. I've had, had clients that the whole time they've been with me, they have been given strictly macros right up until um, show day, right until two hours before the show. Went, went on stage one, placed, um, even at British finals. Um, I've, I've had plenty of other clients who have um, followed a meal plan um, the whole time, literally told them the foods, the quantities to eat, uh, all the way up to stage. But that being said, um, I do have, have plenty of lifestyle clients, um, people that are just wanting a body transformation that have either a meal plan or a macro-based plan. And um, if I was to say, like, I guess in the bodybuilding scene, there's there's two different camps, isn't there? Um, amongst coaches and athletes, you know, um, on the one hand, you're going to have some athletes, some clients who prefer for an exact plan provided by their coach um, and, and coaches who would rather that their client followed that meal plan to a T. Um, then on the other hand, you have athletes who prefer to manage their own food choices, follow a macro-based plan, um, and coaches who will refuse to do a meal plan and instead will just say that that's just not what they do um, and just kind of go off more macros and try and educate them more. That's kind of, I think I see that more so in the lifestyle side of things, not the uh, not the competitive side of things. But I, I think that for a lot of the people I work with, um, they're maybe at the start of their journey, they probably wonder which one's going to be best. Because when people come to me, they often have a somewhat of an idea of how to use my fitness pal. But the, the main thing is that they kind of are unsure if what they're eating is correct, the total values are correct, if the food choices are correct, um, and whatnot. And I think that at times I can kind of see it's quite normal um, to begin with by just preferring to be told what to eat. Um especially if you're dieting for the first time. But, you know, more often than not, as time goes on, and I was this was me as well, um, it, it's really helpful to just switch over to a macro-based plan, especially if, um, you know, you're planning on doing doing this for, for a long time. Um, so I guess we, we should start with one, highlight the benefits, highlight the drawbacks to both approaches, um, and maybe it'll help you make an informed decision. You know, if you, you're thinking about working with a coach, that's often one of the one of the main questions I'll get asked on a consultation call. Hey, do you guys do meal plans? My answer is always, yeah, absolutely. But in the long run, if you want to switch to a macro-based plan, then that's no problems whatsoever. So, you know, a meal plan does exactly what it says in the tin, right? It's going to denote, you know, the exact quantities of a certain food in each meal. Sometimes people prescribe the sort of time of day to eat those meals. Um, I think I actually did an article on this uh, on the website. If you go on the website, I'm sure, type in meal plans, um, it'll it'll come up, um, and pretty much a lot of there'll be a lot of copy over from what I'm saying to to what's on the on the website. But uh, you know, as you can probably you're fully aware, um, it removes a lot of the thought process for yourself for the individual, and I would say kind of it allowed me to go into like a robot mode, eat the food each day that's on my plan um, and not have to try and plan different meals for every other day. 
And this for me was sure the only option that I wanted when it was my first show, my first time competing in 2017. I guess I even before that, in 2016, I was following a meal plan to help me prepare for it. And I guess the main reason is is that, I mean, I guess I had this this fear that if I tried to do it on my own that I would bollocks it up or do something wrong. I mean, I'm sure some of you are listening and nodding and going, yeah, I've got that same fear. And what I'll say is, don't be, don't have that fear. You just, you know, you're just keen and you want to, to work as hard as you can and, and not have any stress put upon yourself. And that's what I've found is that a lot of clients in those early stages, they want to do everything they can to maximize fat loss and to maximize muscle gain. Um, so to do that, following just a plan and not having to think about that, it removes stress because we know that stress in today's society is very, very high. Um, so if we can help to, to minimize that by following a plan, then of course, of course we'll do that. Um, just the not having to control the foods, allowing the, the coach to make the decisions, alterations when needed, all they need to do is, is eat and, and kind of what they might say is not waste their time playing about with macros or food choices. <laughs> I think that if you've experienced dieting before, sometimes just like you kind of go, ooh, could I fit that in? Ooh, could I fit that little sort of like Cadbury's chocolate in? Um, and you try, you try and fit it in if you're in your macro-based plan. But I guess I'll get onto macros soon. But from my experience, I like I firmly believe that the then prep is probably the best strategy for many first-time athletes. Unless you unless you are very 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 experienced tracking your food. Like I use Clara as an example. When Clara first came on board, she said to me, "Vaughn, I'm a vegan." And at the time, this was bear in mind, 2018, uh, or was it 20? 2018, that was correct. I had zero idea how vegans ate at the time, um, which was only three years ago, which is pretty mental. Um, so she was on, on macro straight away and she was very in tune with doing her own food. And as the weeks went on, I got to learn what her diet was like and that worked out just fine. But one of the major benefits I would say is it kind of, if you follow the meal plan, it allows us as coaches to help stay on top of your digestion. You know, if you, and we see, I see this all the time. I see every day I spend the whole day speaking to clients about like bloating, constipation, loose stools. And the main reason is it's usually often directly correlated by the diet or something like a lack of something or something that's causing inflammation, lack of fluid, etc. etc. So by following a meal plan to the letter, it allows you to precisely like pinpoint which meal might be causing the bloating. And then it can allow for sort of strategic elimination or trial and error with the foods, pulling them out, putting different ones in. Um, whereas if you know if if you, that, your athlete was eating different things each day, then the process becomes that much harder to manage. I think that digestive issues it's not often seen to an extent in prep when food's really low, apart from the constipation, um, the, the slow stool movements, but the bloating and whatnot tends to. I, and from my experience, settled down. Um, but let's say if you're if you've been eating the same stuff and you're extremely lean, and then that your digestion can become quite sensitive. So if you did change the sources up, you know, two or three weeks out from a show, and you see some bloating, it's just simply because like your your body's just not used to that. You've been given it, you know, some nutrient dense food, then all of a sudden, you know, you give it a little bit of shit, and you you know it blows up. Then. You know why, but I guess by by the end of prep 
or the later stages of prep, you're gonna know what causes bloating and you've you've probably already like you've probably already pulled out. Um you could probably argue I don't know the research to hand, but um there probably research are suggesting that I would imagine that dietary adherence is, is improved when food sources remain the same for the duration of the diet, you know, like which that would support the the idea of, of following that meal plan that first time. Um going back to just the robot side of things and not having to, to worry about. However, I guess the major drawback is that once prep is over, like the thought of sticking to something so rigid and structured can be very, very off-putting. And what it can lead to is uh, overeating and binge-like tendencies, for example. Um, oh, well, I had I had a little bit of something off, off plan, so uh, fuck it, I thought that day's a write-off and I'll just eat whatever the fuck I want. Like, I've heard that so often. So, if, like, if you are going to go continue from a meal plan post-show, post-shoot, whatever, I would probably suggest mixing up your food sources and just include foods that maybe you enjoy, you've been craving, something that's maybe not been in for prep because it's a bit higher in calories, but you've got the calories now to put towards it. I think if you incorporate those foods, you change it up, you'd be less likely to overeat or overreach for more food because you know that food's in there daily like it's not wrong that you have a, a craving for chocolate what's wrong is feeling guilty that you've got a craving for chocolate and then not actually satisfying it because if you don't let's face it you're just human all you're going to think about all day is um is chocolate you know and this is the the biggest drawback of meal plans is that they're, they're very restrictive um most people won't mind being restrictive for that prep period. Like especially if you've got a show and like you're going on stage, like I will say, do say this as a joke, you know, if you're going on stage in your pants to be judged, then you're absolutely fine with following certain foods, not going out, not partaking in social events, not eating out. Because um, let's face it, you know, like last thing you want to do is be sitting there drinking a Diet Coke whilst everyone around you like fires in the burgers and the chips and and, the, and whatnot from the restaurant. And I can say that because that was me. I remember 2017 going to, um, to a local pub and sitting there with a Diet Coke because I'd eaten my chicken and brown rice and everyone in my family had like a burger. And it was just, it was just horrible, right? Um, but I would say like, if... Uh, you know, if you're okay being restrictive for a wee while, right? But out with that, when you're not dieting, you don't want to be that restrictive. I don't want to be that restrictive for sure because I don't want to be a, a pro bodybuilder. And I guess in those instances in like an off-season, um, that would be where taking a flexible approach to food and just orientating yourself like to macros can be a lot easier. But in... The main reason is because you can manipulate your intake for the day. A lot of people think that they can't eat out when actually, in fact, you can. I, th I think back to 2019 prep, uh, me and Rona ate out six times in eight weeks. And I just, I just eyeballed portion sizes, gave them calorie limits, and uh, I got leaner every single week. And I looked back at the photos and I was pretty damn peeled. For that show, there's always a way around it. But if you are following a meal plan, a quick tip would just be, like, if you want to get good at doing that when you're eating out, I wouldn't suggest eating out a lot on prep. 
but um, for me, I wanted to prove that you could. Back in 2019, I wanted to prove that you could eat out. So as it, if you ever wanted to do that, as you like do your meal plan, don't just mindlessly look at the scales. Look at the portion size. Get very good at kind of knowing the protein, the carbs, the fats on your plate and what that looks like. It's just going to help you navigate some social uh, situations a lot better than you would without it. But what I would say is if you're out, always account for the cooking oil that your food might be cooked in. So for me, I would give that, you know, say 250 to 300 calorie allowance on top of what I'm giving for the meal, basically just coming from fat. So this is where like if you're, if you're a bikini girl and you're eating sub 1,000 calories, you know, you, it's probably not worth it going out and putting that much calories towards towards a meal, um, which is not even that you're not even eating. You probably want to avoid that situation, right? Um, and then make sure you implement those social situations in the off season. Oh man, I tell you, I'm yawning my head off uh, as I'm recording this. It's mainly just due to um, a little a wee man keeping us up. Um, it's actually been a lot better. We're waking up only once during the night, but. Man, you still don't get used to it. But um, anyway, as I was saying, uh, if if it goes back to it, it's maybe not worth the calories. But if you if you if you want to do it, um, you can have confidence, like knowing that you've given yourself the calories to cover that meal and remove any guilt. Um, and you've even given them extra extra calories because of the you know you're allowing for that fat that they've been cooked in. And this is something I say to clients like. Clients will be following a meal plan. And uh, maybe they're just recomping, but they're taking it very serious. They're following it and they say, Hey Vaughn, you know, my uh, my dad's it's my dad's birthday and my partner's birthday. I booked this, I booked that. Um, can I have a meal out? And I was like, Well, yeah, like what are you what do you want to have? Now, of course they want to say burger and chips, but that's obviously not not viable. So we think, right, how can we participate and be um, part of this social situation without feeling too restrictive. So what we do is we look at the menu before we go, and then we say, right, let's give this, let's give this meal a numerical value. Let's then look at your meal plan, and let's look at is there any values that are similar, or do we need to drop like two meals to fit that one in? And we try and keep it like very similar to what we've been having. Maybe there's a chicken Caesar salad meal or maybe there's fish with a bit of white rice or whatever it is, but then we give allowances, as I said, for the oil that they're cooking in, but also the sauces, um, and we should be able to do that no problem, as long as it's not getting in a habit in prep, um, but there's some, the odd occasion, of course, where we have to make an exception, and as I said, if, I think unless you're a pro bodybuilder, you shouldn't be needing to make those exceptions. Everyone couldn't be smashing the burgers and chips around you, but if you've given an allowance to a certain, certain um, meal, and you feel, you know, you feel you've dropped a couple of meals from your meal plan and whatnot, have no guilt, go, be present, enjoy it, just don't overeat and be a fanny. Because, right, because how many times do people say, right, I'm out, I'm eating out, fuck it, let's go for it, let's get, let's smash the starters, the mains, the desserts, the cookies on the way home, whatever it is, but you won't because you're prepping, I'd imagine. But, moving on, swiftly, macro-based plans and I guess this is just pretty simple. If you have a lot of experience tracking your food and you've done it for years, you're probably going to like more of the freedom of a, a macro-based plan. However, 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 nearly every one of my clients that has a, ma- a macro-based plan often eats the same thing every day or they change it 
I'm talking like once every few weeks and they change one meal and they might mix up post-workout um, or whatever it is. I've often found that again, they, they're they're like many robots, but they're just so good at running their own. Like they don't need me to tell them to, to exactly what to eat. Um, instead, I just give them numbers and macros for you know, meal one, this many protein, this many carbs, this many fats, meal two, same same thing, etc., etc. Or for some people that are very, very good, I just give them daily. Just daily macros to hit. Um, I guess it's different person to person because people's food choices are are different, right? Um, but for the most part, as long as what they're eating roughly fits into, you know, whether it's sort of I've given the macros for for a meal, but as long as they're hitting their daily, then I don't I don't mind whatsoever. I always remind clients that you know the the numbers that they input might not be exactly the same for every meal. Like I might have said, I guess all the time, Havon, um, in this meal you've given me fifteen grams of fat, but in the meal you know in the food that I have it gives me twenty. But then the next meal I've taken five away. Is that okay? And I'm like, of course it is. Right, as long as I said, as long as those numbers at the end of the day match, then they should be fine. I've often found that the macro based plan really, really works well for those that are maybe in their like second prep or third, or for just those that are transitioning out of their first prep, going into an off season, they want to try and control their rebound. Um, but once someone has kind of gone to a, a macro-based plan, they very rarely will switch back to a meal plan unless the time comes to prep once more. I have an athlete who's prepping right now that in an off-season, it's strictly macros. When he preps, it's strictly a meal plan. And that's just his mindset. It's no issues with me, no problem. Because I get it. I understand the wanting the removal of thought process, the decision making, you know, that's what a lot, like when we're prepping, we want, like even us coaches, I have coaches, we just want someone to just tell us exactly what to eat. And then we just, you know, kind of go into into robot mode. And if, if you, but then again, if you're someone who likes variety and you, you know, you're happy dieting and you can get fucking shredded and you don't like eating the same thing every day, then a macro-based plan, 100% be for you, you know, maybe you have a, a sweet tooth, or you get random cravings, and so you might be a person that just, like having that flexibility, um, might allow your adherence to be better, and it might not be classed as optimal, right, but in the dieting phase, adherence will always, tr- um, adherence to a kind of limit will always trump what is optimal, so if it's fit, it might not be fitting, um, or sorry, if fitting one bit of chocolate in your day macros means you're less likely to overeat, then of course you would add that in. You get some absolute muppets out there that will say, oh my God, you absolutely can't do that. You couldn't eat chocolate on prep. Well, for plenty of clients, they've honestly need that one bit. And then what that does is it just takes away any cravings. And I'm like, that's absolutely fine. But um, I would say that if you are like if we go back to the situation about if you're going to go out for dinner, then the same rules still apply. Is you would account for the calories on your plate, but also the fat that it's cooked in. And I guess I've actually found that clients that follow more of a macro-based plan 
will 100% experience less guilt when they go out for food versus those that are on a strict meal plan. But no one should feel guilty whatsoever. Um, it's just something I've seen from my experience, I guess, just if it's if you're in that mindset of, my God, I'm worried that if I did macros myself, I would fuck up and I would get it wrong. Or if I went out, oh my God, one meal, I'd get a fat overnight. When that's that's not the case. Um, because obviously we don't want to be experiencing guilt for eating out during a dieting phase. And if you are, I think that's really important that you discuss that with your coach. Um, like discuss it with your rational hat on. Um, because it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle you're into because then you don't want that to to sort of last into um, your off-season and then ultimately be in a position where when prep's over and body shows are done, you just don't want to go out because you feel guilty for it and you, you've got a sort of poor relationship with food. And as I said, you know, back in, back in 2019, I ate out six times in eight weeks. And if you go, I think if you go on the website and you look at the article, I actually posted a photo of how... I looked at the time. Um, I did. I remember. I did a shoot with TT Image on my own extreme, and then I did um, a, a couple shoot. Me and Roy did a couple shoot um, together straight after this shoot. So I hope that that demonstrates out that like eating out on prep isn't unher- isn't inherently bad. Um, but it, you know, I think there's a there's got to be like, like for me. I'm like right. I can incorporate that, but see in the last four weeks, I'm not fucking doing it. And that is a very selfish sort of thing to to say, but um, I think that there comes a point where it's just a case of, well, at that point, there's very fine margins. Um, there, there's a specific look that you're wanting. We're trialing loads here and there. We want to know, like, we want to know the numbers very specifically. So I wouldn't personally do that. Um, but then again, one of the other drawbacks of uh, a macro-based plan is that um, you, you might be less accurate with your digestion if you're continually changing foods. Um, I've actually got off what one client, she's, she's, she's not even recomping right now, she's in a bulking phase. She has a macro-based plan and she, uh, she, she eats differently every day and she continually has bloating and, you know, I guess over the over the week she's learning that you know I'm encouraging her to say look bloating this is, is not normal like we can sort this out you don't have to live with this um, but in a position where stays at home um, and has long working hours and sometimes has just to grab stuff so I, I've then suggested well you know can we get a period of time of of eating the same things you know do your do macros that's cool but eat the same things and let me know what they are and then let's just run the elimination diet to to help with digestion. Um, so that's just one example, but we know that digestion itself can be sensitive. So all of a sudden, like let's say you get to, to three, four weeks out and all of a sudden you radically change your carbohydrate sources um, and you might end up a bloated mess, there's too much gluten in the diet or whatever. That's, that's just getting optimal because you start freaking out because the water tension, right? Whereas as I said, I often find the people who follow a macro-based plan end up doing their own meal plan effectively, but they maybe will just have, right, for their breakfast, they have two options. They're the same macros or their lunch or their meal three or four or five or whatever it is. They have those options. And I, and I like, I would encourage you, 
if you're doing your own macros to have different options. So like for me, my like my next meal is usually uh, 160 grams of cooked chicken um, with two wholemeal wraps um, and like an apple. That's roughly about 75 gram of carb. Now I know that if I'm trying to be super quick some days, um, I'll maybe have chicken um, with just like microwave rice because it's really quick um, and just shovel it in. The macros are kind of similar. Of course there's veggies in there as well, but that's just one option. I can just literally pick and choose between the two and there's not much difference in prep time because the rice takes two minutes and the wraps take a couple minutes to like fill um, with the veggies and whatnot. So yeah, I guess this podcast has been a long-winded ramble from me but I hope that it gives you a bit more info on a bit of an insight to what what a prep looks like with when you're following a meal plan to the T, the benefits of that, the drawbacks of that, and then what also it um, what also like the what are the benefits and drawbacks of a macro based plan. What I would say, right? I did it quite wrong. I wouldn't say I did it quite wrong. I didn't know at the time. It was it was all I knew is at the time I went with a coach who was very, very uh, old school and it was chicken and brown rice. It was mince and sweet potato. And it was like, that was the meals. That was pretty much it. It was like, you know, he's want me to have steak in the morning for breakfast and stuff. And I blindly followed it thinking, this is, it needs to be done this way. When actually I was, I got kind of miserable because I guess at the time I did enjoy food a lot more than I do now, um, but it, it felt so bland, boring, restrictive. I, I have very much a robot, I just did it, but I could see from many people that they would hate that. I hated it at the time, but I could see them, like, because of that, those choices of following, following this really restrictive, bland diet, that some people might binge, some people might overeat, some people might not adhere to it. Um, if that's the case, right? If you if you're with your coach and you've asked for a meal plan and you don't like some of the foods on it, just say, like, we're not monsters, we're not gonna bite your head off. Like I'm I'm more than happy if a client's saying Vaughn, like I just Vaughn I hate smoked salmon. Is there anything else I could eat? I'm like, yeah, no worries, we'll just put in like bacon medallions or something. Like, oh my god, that's great. Oh, I didn't even realise that's fantastic. You don't need to necessarily like there's no must eat foods. It's just that as bodybuilders or physique athletes, bikini girls, figure girls, whatever it is, we tend to eat similar things, similar food sources, similar sort of nutrient-dense quality sources. And I think that the longer that your journey goes on within this you know, wonderful sport we call bodybuilding, I think that the less food focused you get and the more you become focused on the quality of the food that you're eating because of what, you know, it's also what's happening on the inside as well. You know, if you constantly like give your body shit, you're going to feel like shit. You're constantly given a high glycemic index carbs and having sort of sugar rushes. Um, you have big highs and big lows, whereas throughout the day, if you're having a say, moderate GI carbs, bar the post-workout window, um, or slow to medium out with that, and your energy levels are better, you'll see value in that, and you'll actually probably stop craving the, the high sugary stuff, the high GI stuff. At least that's what I found. Anyway, no, I couldn't really... I couldn't really give two hoots what's in each meal as long as I hit my numbers. So then I know like, right, I need those numbers to hit um, for my body weight to be this, for that number to go up in the gym on that machine. Um, 
rather like that's me being so focused on performance but then you have to then want to feel performance and you can't feel good performance on shit food you just can't so if you think that you're going to be able to get lean and just live off of fucking donuts and shit like that and i'm really t- i'm really sorry to tell you it's just not going to happen um but that being said, ever, ever since I did that one prep and followed meal plan, I have done my own food and my own macros since um, every single year. And just like I have always personally, even though I've had my macros and had freedom, I've always kind of worked out a meal plan for myself, just what fitted in with what I liked, stuck with that. And then when food was dropped, I'd pull a bit from it. And then off season when food was upped, I'd put a bit more in of the same food sources or bring back in a food source that I dropped prior to prior to dieting and that just worked really well for me um, it doesn't work for some people of course it doesn't but this past year when I dieted for all those shows uh, I was doing my own food uh, last year when I actually dieted for the uh, my second ever show uh, well people often forget that you know like last year 2020 was my second ever show and then you know I've now done seven because I did five this year Um but yeah, last year I did my own macros as well. Um, pretty much the only time I followed a meal plan was from 2016 when I started with my first coach to then the end of 20, uh, sorry, midway through 2017. So about for about a year and a half, followed a meal plan. Uh, I've actually never eaten sweet potato since. I was eating 500 grams post workout, if not more. And uh, I swear, I swear this day I've not eaten a sweet potato since 2017. Um, it's always been white potato always 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 um but yeah sometimes i think this is why i say you guys like i in my eyes i've done a lot of stuff not wrong but just it could have been more effective so i'm just trying to pass information to say well here's maybe what not to do or here's what you could do a little bit different to what i did and hopefully you get sort of some have a better experience that first time and that's what i try and give to my clients is just give them a good like the best results they can possibly get but also a good experience and journey along the way you know not just driving someone in the fucking ground and then they end prep with like an eating disorder or whatnot case of like get them there and get them out the end of it um you know with as minimal damage to food focus and, and whatnot as possible um i'd like to think that that we do an okay job of that so listen guys i'm going to hit, hit this on the head here um remember just remember that wherever you are whatever you do Give it the beans.